Hello, Minnesota boxing fans, and welcome to another episode of the Minnesota Fight Night podcast. I'm Brian Johnson, and my co-host is Sean Strauss. In this episode, the big guys take center stage as Dennis Reyes and Thomas Matlin talk about their upcoming heavyweight showdown in Shakopee. Reyes, a native of Cuba fighting out of the Valhalla Combat Sports Gym in Fridley, is 3-1 with 1 KO. Matlin, a kickboxer and MMA fighter, is 1-1 in the squared circle. This is the fourth in a series of episodes previewing the April 23rd Ignite Mecca 18 card at Canterbury Park. Also in this episode, James Clark of Valhalla is kind enough to serve as our interpreter. I hope you enjoy the episode. All right, so thanks for joining the Minnesota Fight Night podcast. I'm Sean Strauss. My co-host is Brian Johnson, and he is off today. Uh, we are joined. Um, am I going to say this right? Is it Denny or is it Denise Reyes? Yeah. So, yeah. Dennis. Dennis. D-E-N-N-Y-S, but it's pronounced Dennis. We're joined with heavyweight Dennis Reyes. Uh, Dennis, you are from uh, Cuba originally, correct? Yeah, correct. And transplant to Minnesota, which is awesome. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into boxing? Uh, You know, and if that was in Cuba or if that was here in Minnesota? It was this year, so I to come uh, come and sustain boxing in Cuba. I'm boxing Cuba in Cuba. He started boxing when he was eight years old. Okay. Yeah. And did you actually fight, um, like, amateur, you know, fights in, in Cuba? Um, or were you, was that just, like, in a gym learning how to box? Uh, is this the peleas in, in Cuba or simplemente aprendiste como boxear? No, uh, hice muchas peleas en Cuba. Estuve en el equipo nacional, estuve en la ESPA nacional, estuve en la IDE, estuve en la academia de, de boxeo desde niño. Yes, from, you know, uh, he told me before that he, that he had his first fights around 10 or 11. He started boxing when he was eight. So his first fights were 11, but he eventually made it to their national team. He took third place in their like the country's Olympic trials. Um, he's he's told me that in Cuba he's had over 200 boxing matches there. Oh wow, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, I see your professional record. You know, here you've had four fights since coming to Minnesota. Uh, you're three and one. Uh, it looks like your uh, your first fight was in Iowa. Um, but other than that, you know, you've been working with James down there in Valhalla. Can you tell us a little bit about how you met James and how you found your home down there at Valhalla? What is this year? Uh, this year, this uh, common contrast as the gimnasio Valhalla. And como, yeah, como comenzaste para pelear por aquí? Sí, eh, comencé en este gimnasio por un amigo. Se llama eh, Vincent Down. Vincent Down. Vincent Down. Vincent Downwind. So Vincent Downwind, uh, who's, uh, who trains here, 
he brought he brought Dennis here um hace dos años he about a year and a half ago uh Vincent Downwin called me and said that hey I got a I got a boxer that I work with they both work as like doormen or bouncers at like security like nightclubs they, so they, they do the bouncing there so Vincent called me and said hey I got a I got a uh, a guy I work with he's a pretty good boxer from from Cuba uh he said he's, he's a pretty good boxer doesn't speak English that well but uh I'd, I'd like to bring him by and I said that's fine now we have people here that that can speak Spanish with them is yeah more than welcome here uh so yeah so Vincent brought him here and then um like myself uh I lived in Miami for six months which is like a foreign country it's like 70 percent Latino there and then 80 percent of them are are from uh, Cuba originally so I'm, I was used to that accent you know because uh, like Spanish will change you know from one country to the next but I was accustomed to how the Cubans speak Spanish so I, and then we also ironically had hired uh, Dennis's former coach um, which is quite a story in itself because Dennis thought that his coach when he disappeared that he was either arrested or killed by the Cuban government. He had he thought that his coach was dead, but ironically I had had him here for three years. So when Dennis came here, uh, I was speaking to him in Spanish and he, uh, uh, I told him that I, that I could understand him because I had lived in Miami, but I also hired a Cuban boxing coach here. And then uh, he asked who the Cuban coach was. And I said, it was Gregorio Maso Ramirez which was his coach from when Dennis was eight years to till he was 15. Dennis hadn't seen him since he was 15 years old. Cause like I said, he, he thought that he was arrested or killed by the Cuban government, but uh, Gregorio had defected to Venezuela, came to Miami. I had put an ad in the paper and then on Craigslist all around, I was in Spanish that I was looking for a boxing coach and Gregorio answered it, came here from Miami and he was with us for three years. So, Kind of an ironic destiny here for for both those guys. Yeah, no kidding, um, man. So, what's it been like adjusting? You know, to Minnesota, obviously weather, but uh, other than that, you know, for for Dennis, what's what's been the uh, adjustment been like? Como el cambio desde Cuba, el dijo más que el clima, pero qué otros cambios tuviste que superar para, para estar aquí en Minnesota y hacer boxeo aquí? Los cambios que tuve, tuve que cambiar de, una de las cosas, tuve que cambiar el desplazamiento aquí pero por lo que es el boxeo, tuve que cambiar muchas cosas, pues el, el desplazamiento aquí es el que desplazarse menos. You said that the people here box quite a bit differently than they do in, uh, in, in Cuba, they move differently, so just getting accustomed uh, like uh, he's told me this before where like people in Cuba, they really know how to box and they're like, they're very technical. And he said, a lot of the boxers here will just come out swinging wildly and like try to knock your head off where there they they'll use their jab and they like, they'll try to cut angles. So he goes, he goes, the people here, the boxers here are like straight forward or straight backwards, but they don't move side to side as, like they do there. And so he said, just getting used to how they fight here. He goes, people here more fighters or sluggers where where he's from they like they learn how to box more el clima la confianza en mí también me 
he said he doesn't like the weather here also but um it's a lot different than 80 degrees in cuba but yeah no kidding um so yeah talking a little bit about um the cuban fighters you know you're now one of the cuban fighters we're kind of adopting as our own here i see even on box rec you're listed as you know in minneapolis now which is awesome um we've also got david morrell jr um just curious you know, David, uh, you know, and uh, have you sparred with them or, you know, anything like that? David Oh, see, yes, this is my friend. <laughs> yeah, they, they were. He's called me every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when we were, like some of Dennis's fights, uh, the two that he did down in Iowa, his first call was from David Morrell congratulating him and like asking how his fight was. So they've been friends, friends since Cuba and then, uh, like David Morell has been down to our gym to uh, uh, he's been here to see see Dennis and then uh, we've brought Dennis over to the uh, the circle of discipline to work with him there when when uh, when David was working there working out there uh, David said or Dennis said that he's training down in Houston also now but um, but yeah we, uh, they've been very good friends uh, in Cuba and then they they got back in touch with each other when Den when Dennis came here to Minnesota. Man, that's cool. Talking about the upcoming fights at Canterbury um, on the 23rd, um, the guy you're fighting, his name is uh, Tommy Matlin. Um, do you know anything about him? Have you watched any of his fights? Uh, anything like that? So he said that he was going to play on the play April 23. He said that you were going to play with Tommy Matlin. Um, ¿Conoces a él? ¿Has mirado sus peleas? No, 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 no lo conozco. Uno, no lo conozco a nadie aquí. Y soy nuevo en esta ciudad. Eh, todo se, se sigue en ring. He goes, uh, he doesn't know him. He really doesn't know anybody here. He said that uh, um, he'll get to know him in the ring. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, the last fight uh, that I saw of you um, was, I believe, at Hinkley um, when you fought uh, Tim Taggart, and that was a good fight. Um, very enjoyable to watch you uh, in the ring. And before that was your fight at Canterbury, which many people thought was fight of the night. Um, so I'm really looking forward to, to seeing you in the ring. Lisa que él miró los últimos dos peleas, la pelea en Hinkley también, la última pelea en Canterbury, que Muchas personas dicen tu pelea en, en Canterbury fue la pelea por la noche, como la mejor pelea de, yeah, de, de este show. So, um, él dice que está bien ansioso para verte pelear otra vez. Thank you. Um, I know you guys got to get going and get back to training, but just curious, James, if you can maybe enlighten us a little bit about some of the stuff you have Dennis doing, uh, you know, for, for training. Yes, uh, well, yeah, Dennis, like you said, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't know Tommy Matland. Uh, I've never met him personally, but I've seen him, him fight. He fought a guy that, that trains here, not for his Muay Thai, but he trains here for whenever he has MMA fights, he'll come over and cross train with us for like wrestling and jujitsu. So I saw him, I saw him fight Mahmoud Aburia. That's, uh, that's a member here for like when he, like I said, when he wrestles and uh, for his jiu-jitsu, for his MMA fight. So I, I, my son Joshua and I were, were front row at the ring to see that fight. 
Um, he's also fought another guy that cross trains with us, a guy named Phil Latu. So I've seen, I've seen him fight Muay Thai. Um, so uh, I've had, and he's, he's pretty big. Uh, um, so we, I've had some people in here that will, are similar to his style to help spar with, with Dennis. And we've been working on, uh, uh, you know, cause Muay Thai will have a certain way of doing things. And so we've, um, you know, they, where they, they don't slip punches much, Bob and we've honored them. They may, may, may block. So, um, so we've had people spar with him that would be similar to that Muay Thai style. So I've, like I said, I've gotten guys in here, similar size and similar style to give Dennis that look guys that'll clinch and try to you know, trap against the ropes and that type of stuff yeah we talked to uh alex yesterday uh, for the podcast and i'll be talking to your son josh coming up on saturday and uh another member at your gym uh, blake um we'll be having him on the podcast as well since you've got four fighters in your gym uh, that's right. on the card so just kind of curious how dennis feels because uh, it seems like that's been um a, a an ongoing theme, you know, with these cards with Canterbury and Hinckley, where you guys are having a good presence, you know, um, and if he feels like it's, is it fun being part of a team that's not just him, you know, it's multiple fighters from the same gym. Um. Yeah, uh, so él dice que ahorita tenemos una presencia en el mundo de, de boxeo, so tuvimos um, algunos peleadores en Canterbury, dos peleadores en Hinckley, ahorita tenemos cuatro peleadores uh, que va a pelear en este Canterbury Abril 23. ¿Qué piensas de, de estar parte de un club, parte de un gimnasio que tiene uh, bastantes diferentes peleadores, que, como un equipo que puede estar junto con otros peleadores? No, estoy emocionado. Una de las cosas, estoy emocionado por, por estar en este gimnasio. En este gimnasio aquí, en este gimnasio se hacen, se hacen buenos trabajos. He visto que que el, en poco tiempo los muchachos eh, cogen, cogen muy bien el bolseo y, 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 y nos gusta lo que hacemos. Les gusta lo que hacemos. Yeah, so he said that uh, for the little bit of time that he's, uh, that he's been in this gym, he's really enjoyed it here. He said that, uh, um, and he's, to be, to be fair, he's added, uh, added to us. He's shown us things. We're, I mean, we've been a mixed martial arts gym. So, I mean, we have worked on boxing since, you know, the beginning, but like we split our time, you know, we work on, you know, boxing, work on some Muay Thai, work on jiu-jitsu wrestling. So we're, we're, um, what is that line? Uh, um, good at a lot of different things, master of, <laughs> master of nothing, <laughs> you know, that line, but he's, yeah, he's helped us uh, improve our boxing, especially like the, uh, his footwork, um, his footwork is uh, e exceptional. I think he's helped improve the other fighters and their, their footwork. Uh, um, yeah, so he was actually just working with us on that just the other day, uh, working some drills. And then when Gregorio was here, he did the same. But, but I think the thing that Gregorio Maso Ramirez added to us, and just so you know, you could look him up. He was the head coach of the Cuban boxing team and I think it was 1992 when they won seven gold medals that year and he was with us here for three years what he really added to us is how to throw a jab and really how to how to work that lead hand how to throw that jab and like vary it that's what he would always say to us to vary that jab hand he would say that the more you can vary that jab hand like you know throw multiple jabs or throw a jab a hook a jab uppercut lead with a 
a hook and then throw a jab afterwards, fake the jab and throw it, that kind of stuff. He said that the chances of getting your power hand behind it will increase. And if you watch, you know, Dennis's last fight against uh, uh, Tim Taggart, the jab was what really decided that that fight. It was very deceptive and uh, he changes speeds on it, sort of like a, like a baseball player would throw pitches. So it's hard to hard to time it when the speed changes on it. So the, the jab hand is what they've re both really helped us with and also footwork. Does he have any um, short-term or long-term goals, you know, in regards to, to boxing? Well, a short-term goal, like after the Tommy Matlin fight, uh, 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 we're thinking about having him fight the fellow from Canada that beat both Phil Latu and Andrew K. Sound. So we're 0-2 against him, uh, Colin Sangster. So um, Colin Sangster has written me and asking for that fight. He's also written Dennis telling Dennis that he's going to knock him out when they face each other. So uh, he's, he's getting that in early. But uh, I think we'll we'll take that fight. We'll we'll set it up some somewhere. Cool. It's good to have plans. Uh, so that's short term. Um, what about the long term? Uh, what's what does he do when he's not boxing? Is he is he working still? Is he still bouncing? Uh, what's, yeah. What's doing? Yeah, he still works with Vincent Downwind. He yeah he works as a works as a bouncer. Does does security work? Okay. And then anything else that he wants to share? Uh, like about your experience here in Minnesota um, that you, know, I know you, say you don't like the weather, but <laughs> anything that you do like. <laughs> I like the city in Minneapolis. I like it. Uh, me every time I stay in the city and walk in the city. Yes, I, I love it. Has he uh, been to the armory to see uh, Morel fight? Uh, as as either uh, in, uh, in Minneapolis or armory, but yeah, every time, fight. yes, oh, nice. He goes, David Morel has always given him a ringside ticket <laughs> to oh, nice. see him fight, so he's yeah, he's been ringside whenever he's fought there. He's, he, He's angry with me. He said, "Do not give me the ticket for I I watched your fight." He said, "What? You you not call me?" He said, "Oh, you need the the your ticket." Said, okay, let's let, last time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, David Morales sent him. I get it. Get it. He let me play out on this. Yeah, he wants to. He wants uh, him to go to the. I think he's fighting June fourth. I believe at the that's armory. Right. So yeah, he's uh, he's gonna get him a ticket to that one. Too easy. Cool, very cool. Um, yeah, I've seen I've seen guys from Valhalla there, um, and uh, you guys are always well represented. I was mentioning it at the last Hinkley uh, card um, and at Valhalla. It's like, or at not Valhalla at uh, the Canterbury card. I can always tell where like the Valhalla guys are. Like, <laughs> there's a group of you, and I know some of you, so I can recognize your faces, but when the cheering's going on and stuff, it's, it's fun. And it makes the, the fights a lot more fun when you've got good cheering sections. Um, so just want to say uh, thank you guys for, for joining me. I don't really have anything else. I'm just excited for the fights. Um, I'm glad to meet you, um, even though it's virtually. And uh, yeah, I hope to talk to you after the fights, if we have time to just say hello and maybe ask you how the fight went. Um, and then 
maybe we'll get to talk again before the, uh, the next one. That sounds good. Thanks for your time today, Sean. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Dennis. All right. Thank you. Thanks. See you, Sean. Take care. Thanks for joining us. This is the Minnesota Fight Night Podcast. I'm Sean Strauss. My co-host is Brian Johnson. We are joined by Thomas Matlin. Thomas, uh, we are pleased to have you on the podcast to talk about your upcoming fight at Canterbury on April 23rd versus Dennis Reyes. Um, thanks for joining us, man. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So uh, looking at box rec, um, it didn't tell us a whole lot because, uh, you know, you only a couple fights. Um, but you sent us a message and let us know a little bit about your background. And it looks like you've got a good uh, background in some Muay Thai and kickboxing. Um, can you tell us a little bit how you got into fighting in general? Um, it sounds like you started at the Academy and then now you're at the striking Institute, but just in general, like how did you get, you know, what was the, you know, the first thing that drew you to fighting? Sure. Um, well, I guess uh, when I was really little, like, 10, 11 years old, my, uh, my folks signed me up for that strip mall karate stuff. So I actually did karate when I was really little. Um, and then that kind of transitioned. I did some wrestling through high school at, uh, at Anoka and we had a pretty good team there. And then, uh, after high school, I went to college, didn't really do anything in college. I guess I dabbled a little bit in jujitsu, but, uh, once I started kind of moved out, got my own place, got a job, I felt like doing something with my extra time. And, uh, I ended up figuring I was only, you know, it's only like a mile and a half away from the academy so i started going to that and uh signed up for the muay thai program kind of not really knowing what it was and uh just kind of fell in love with it so um trained there for about a year and then um started competing in some fights and i just kept on keeping on you know kept on you said you the ladder. 20 or more amateur fights uh, in muay thai is that yeah correct? i think it's like 22 somewhere in that you know that ballpark so where were those fights being held? Was that like at local shows, like at the Academy or where were those at? Do you travel or? Uh, yeah. So a good number of them were, uh, were actually in Des Moines, Iowa. They have a big uh, annual tournament. I, you know, get three or so fights every year in that tournament. Um, otherwise Iowa puts on a lot of fights, uh, but I fought in Omaha. I fought in uh, Arizona. I trying to think my Mexico fight. Uh, that was still when I was an amateur. I fought in Canada a couple times. Um, so yeah, cool. Uh, what, what was that experience like? I mean, do you, is, do you, what can you tell us about how do you prepare when you're on the road? That's gotta be a different experience that, you know, uh, now it seems like with USA boxing for amateurs, they're used to traveling. Um, I think quite a bit, um, if they make it to like the nationals, if they make it, you know, the higher level, but, um, most fighters like, you know, little club fighters, golden gloves fighters, they might, you know, for boxing, they might not ever travel, you know, other than to, to another city, but within the state and you're here, you traveled quite a few places already. Um, and your boxing career, it sounds like you already fought in Iowa. So you've, uh, you've got some experience traveling down there, but Canada, Mexico, I mean, international fighting traveler, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Canada's not, you know, it's, it's, technically international but it's not too far it's just a I know. decent still, road trip technically it's international <laughs> yeah um i guess you know when i first started fighting um my first fights were were in iowa and i did have to you know stay at a hotel and it was a, a three-day weekend so i had to stay for you know almost a week down in iowa so i guess i kind of got used to uh 
traveling, I look at fighting local as more of a, uh, a privilege or, you know, it's, it's not, uh, it's not something I've come to expect. That's for sure. Hey, uh, Tommy, uh, last time we saw you in action was at Canterbury there in uh, December. Uh, so this will be your second time in a row now at Canterbury. And uh, I know you took care of business there. I think it was a second round knockout. Uh, so very impressive win. What, what do you remember about that fight in particular uh, and, that, uh, and just fighting that, uh, at Canterbury? So, um, you know, the, that was my one boxing fight at Canterbury, but I fought at Canterbury Park under the same promotion with Jeremy uh, under kickboxing and Muay Thai rule sets a half a dozen times. So uh, it did feel very much kind of like my home, my home turf. And uh, I felt very comfortable going in there. Um, it was only my second, third box. I did have one amateur boxing fight um, among those 22. One of those was boxing. Uh, so it was only my third boxing fight. So I'm still <laughs> kind of getting used to the boxing rule set. Um, mm -hmm. But other than that, uh, felt like a, I was pretty comfortable that fight. I felt like I kind of got started right away. Uh, I know in Muay Thai, my, I tend to not get really get started until the second round. So it was really good that I feel like I started right away. And uh, by the second round, I already had my groove. I was seeing everything and I was able to finish it up. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you about the, how it is to make that transition from mixed martial arts or kickboxing to boxing. Is it is it a big adjustment mentally or just how you prepare for it? How sure. how is that? How big of an adjustment is that for you? So um, I would say for me, it's not too big of, of a, an adjustment. I feel like I have to make. I think um, wearing the shoes really helps. Kind of you know remind you to keep keep from kicking. And um, I'd say just kind of going in there. Not the only thing that I struggle with is. Uh, the feels um so like when i get clinched up in muay thai you're allowed to kind of sweep your opponent or trip them and that's all based on feel uh so sometimes it's hard to kind of keep myself from doing uh reactively or reflexively within boxing but uh just being able to punch is isn't too hard to kind of set my you know program my mind to be able to handle yeah i saw yeah. a video uh, just the other day that kind of reflects on what Brian was just mentioning where uh, I think it was a mixed martial artist or, or at least someone who had a wrestling background that uh, was in a boxing fight and took down the guy like came at him and <laughs> him up and just put him down and just, you know, I think uh, it must be difficult if you're fighting like simultaneously in both. But if you've kind of been fighting in one, I would think that maybe that's a little bit easier. You know, if you've just been boxing for a while, maybe um, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I guess it depends on if you're continuing to hone those skills in the gym, then like you said, you're keeping those uh, reflexes, you know, for takedowns and all that kind of stuff sharp. Yeah. Thankfully I don't have to deal with the uh, takedowns with kickboxing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've, I haven't slipped up yet. Uh, there's still occasional times where I'll be boxing, uh, sparring and I'll, you know, kind of lift a foot, like I'm about to kick with it. Uh, but I'm able to kind of hold myself back. It, it happens from time to time, but as I'm getting more and more comfortable with boxing, um, it has, it's happening less and less. So I don't anticipate that being a, an issue on the 23rd. Let's uh, keep our fingers crossed on that one. So your first fight was in June, uh, 2021. Um, what was the, the mindset? Like you mentioned how, you know, you kind of got into the Academy and got in the Muay Thai program and that just, you know, was curiosity kind of led you into that. Um, 
but what got you into the boxing? What, what was the transition? What was that moment where you're like, you know, I'm going to give this a shot. Um, you know, boxing is something that I've kind of, I've been interested in just because, uh, as far as kickboxing goes, I feel like my kicks and all the other aspects of my kickboxing game are pretty great. I think the, uh, the part of my kickboxing game that's kind of, you know, uh, the least developed would be, would be just the boxing. So focusing on that is really, I think, going to be beneficial for me going forward as a, just a, a fighter in general. Um, I'm not sure how my manager uh, got the offer, but, uh, you know, she approached me with an offer. Hey, you want to fight this guy in boxing? And I said, sure, why not? So um, I'm open to the idea of it. Uh, it seemed like a good opportunity. Um, I know for me, at least, it seems like getting a fight with under the kickboxing and Muay Thai rule set has been, you know, fairly difficult, it seems like, in the last couple of years especially. Um, so boxing, I've had tons of offers in a relatively short amount of time, and uh, it's been great. Awesome. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, resurgence going on right now. You know, after COVID, there's people itching to fight, and, you know, the venues are putting on cards, both amateur and professional, and it's been really good um, in Minnesota. Um, and in Iowa, um, it was kind of started in Iowa a little bit before we got really going up here in Minnesota. Uh, I know we had some fighters go down there and we still have fighters going down there. Um, but we've had other fighters move up here, even like Tony Woods, you know, pro who moved up here from Iowa. Um, and I think there is a couple others that have moved up here. So, but anyway, getting back to your fight, um, you're going to be fighting a gentleman named Dennis Reyes, Cuban. Uh, transfer he was fighting out of all hall of combat and fridley um we talked to dennis and uh through translator james clark the uh, owner of valhalla and it sounded like um they knew a little bit about you. it sounded like they had seen maybe i'm trying to remember the interview i thought they said they had seen you wrestle or fight uh, maybe it was the muay thai um, so they'd seen something of you um but in general um when we were talking to dennis one of the things i asked him and uh, was kind of surprised at his response was he said that um, when he came from Cuba up here, he said that a lot of the fighters come straight forward, um, you know, and he's probably used to more angles with like the Cuban fighters, you know, more technical. Um, sure. When you're training for fighting, um, you know, you mentioned your, your team, like, first of all, if you can tell us who your team is, and then if you could just, you know, because uh, we like to give them a shout out, the people that are helping you out. Um, and who's going to be in your corner and so on and so forth. But then if you can tell us about them and tell us what you guys have been working on. Uh, sure. So um, as uh, we talked about earlier, I did start up at the Academy. Um, I think it's about two years ago now, maybe just over two years ago. Um, the coaches that I had at the Academy kind of split off and started their own gym called the Striking Institute. That's located in Little Canada. And I, I followed them over there. Um, and uh, so I've been fighting under the striking Institute banner for the last couple of years now. Um, the previous two boxing matches I had, I didn't do anything different. I just, you know, trained at that gym uh, and I just tried to kick a lot less while I was doing those training camps for this camp though. I did um, get a hold of Corey Rodriguez. who's actually Tony Woods. One, he works a lot with Tony Woods. Yeah. So um, I've been working with him out of the firehouse gym, which conveniently is located about, you know, 150 feet that way. Um, wow. So I've nice. kind of been putting my time up between the firehouse gym, working with Corey and the striking Institute, working with my normal team with, you know, led by Ryan Murray and uh, got a good little squad there. Um, and uh, 
as far as what I've been working on this camp, um, nothing too specific. Uh, Corey, you know, first time working with him. So he's just trying to clean up my boxing. Uh, you know, you do boxing slightly differently with the different stance and different strategies and kickboxing. So it was really good to kind of, uh, get down on some of the more boxing fundamental specifics with Corey. And he's been great so far working with me. Yeah. He's got a hall of fame, uh, family background. If you know anything about his family, he's got, uh, uncles that are in the Minnesota boxing hall of fame. He was former state middleweight champ. Um, but yeah, Bobby and, um, Raphael. Yeah. Raphael. And I don't think Rudy's in the Minnesota hall of fame, but he could be, um, easily. Rudy was another pro fighter. That was great. So, yeah. And like I said, and I wouldn't be surprised if Corey's in the Minnesota boxing hall of fame someday. Um, so that's really cool um, that you're working with him and not to mention, you got Sean Clerkin running a firehouse gym. If you've been working out over there, hopefully you've had a chance to meet him. Um, that, that guy is something else. He's in the golden gloves <laughs> hall of fame. And uh, we, we interviewed him for the podcast before. Um, wonderful, wonderful guy, wonderful gym. He is a wonderful guy. Um, I've definitely interacted with him. Had nothing but pleasant experiences. I haven't, uh, you know, gotten any of you know tips of the trade from him yet, but uh, I'd definitely be open to anything he has to say to me. Yeah, I think he fought in the Navy, if I recall correctly. Uh, Sounds right. But yeah. cool. Yeah, you're definitely getting some good work then. So you you said you're working with Corey. As far as sparring goes, I'm guessing that you're probably doing that out of firehouse then. Uh. A little bit. Um, there's a couple of guys I worked with from Firehouse uh, just this last weekend. Um, but uh, I mean, I got a couple of guys from SI. Uh, I know Tom Jenkins is, a, you know, a peer of mine. We've been working out together for years now. <laughs> we went to Thailand together. Me and Tom have been real close. And, okay. Um, so he a Muay Thai fighter then? He is a Muay Thai fighter, but he's also trying to transition to boxing. He actually has a boxing fight, I think, tentatively lined up uh, sometime in a in a month or two here oh, so maybe we'll be talking to him soon <laughs> I, I hope so yeah he's going to be a good guy to keep an eye on hey We're tommy i'm always curious how uh people balance their boxing and training with their everyday i'm sure you mentioned you you're working a regular full-time job and can you tell us what you do for your real life job and, and how you balance everything Sure thing. Um, I'm a statistical programmer uh, with a medical device company. Um, so I think that's part of the reason why I like to hit things uh, in my evening. <laughs> is that um, how you got to know Corey? Corey, is that at Medtronic or? No, that, yeah, Corey does work at Medtronic, I believe. I know that's, uh, that's just your coincidence. Um, okay. We got, uh, we actually, I think, my manager set me up with with Corey and I think she got the name from Jeremy and it was just a coincidence that he trains people out of a gym that's about 100 feet away from me mm. and he also works in a somewhat similar field so like I said me and Corey seem to kind of click pretty well together and uh, I've enjoyed training with him so far but all coincidence yeah interesting yeah that's something you don't see too often with with Minnesota I think we were we've gotten uh two individuals that come to mind right away when you talk about um, educated and boxing, you know, it's, which is Caleb Truex, you know, with his uh, U of M graduate degree and uh, Rodriguez is also uh, to my knowledge, uh, alumni of the U of M. So pretty awesome. Yeah. Educated and you can fight. 
So yeah, you, you're, you're crunching numbers, and when you say like you can't divide that, what if, like, <laughs> uh, beat something up? <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't had anybody in the workplace yet, but uh, I'm working like remotely now. Space, so. Are you gonna like take take a computer out and then it's like in the field and <laughs> it hasn't come to that yet. Um, but I think for the last for the last two years, I, I haven't gone into an office, so that's oh, been yeah. nice. Everything's remote. Huh? Yeah, everything's been remote for a while now. I forgot what I was going to say before uh, you, before Brian asked about your job. Um, we were talking about how you're working at Firehouse and you're sparring. Oh, that's what it was. You were talking about your friend. Uh, you say it's Tim Jenkins or is it Tom? Tom, Tom, Tom Jenkins. Tom yeah. Jenkins. Um, you were saying he might have a fight coming up on a card. What, uh, what card is that? I think you said the, an element card in June is... Again, I don't know if it's been decided. Okay. I don't know if anything's been signed. I just know that he's been training boxing pretty, uh, pretty consistently, pretty hard here for a while. And I, I know he's looking to. I think he was supposed to fight on this card. I think something happened with his matchup. Uh, opponent pulled out or something. So I was looking at like size, um, you know, and thinking about just your how that heavyweights are always different. You know, <laughs> like you can get some guys that are just super crazy tall and really big and um you know you get some weird ones like tyson fury who can move fast you know and other ones that are more plotters um now looking at your height and your weight and how you stack up against dennis it looked like officially it looks like you had a couple inches on him um i think you're six, right. and i think he's listed as six um it's not like the old days where we'd see reach listed. So I don't know who's got the longer reach because the box rec doesn't tell us that. Um, sure he does. But <laughs> as far as uh, weight goes, it looks like you've got a little bit of weight on him. It looks like you're kind of in this 260 range. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Most people uh, join, you know, the gym and they lose a bunch of weight. I was the opposite. I, I found it all. <laughs> yeah when i talked to colton warner who's also on this card i laugh because uh when we're talking to all the other fighters they're all talking about how they're making weight cuts and stuff and he's like yeah being a heavyweight's great he's like i mean cheeseburgers or whatever <laughs> and it's great until you have to fight somebody with a significant reach on you but eh, oh well um have you ever have you ever uh sparred or worked out with colton uh, once we went, uh, we did some, some light sparring. That was uh, a few months ago now. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, it looks like if I recall right, I think Dennis was listed around like the 240 range. So I think, yeah, you're a little bit, a little bit, little bit taller, a little bit bigger. You know, when you, you said when you get in close, you have to fight the urge to sweep the leg <laughs> to take them down. Um, but assuming that you might have a little bit of weight on them, I mean, that might be an advantage, I guess, if you're in, you know, if it's getting rough, you know, if you guys are clinching or anything. Um, have, when you're sparring or anything like that, do you work on clinching so that you, you know, could do you walk a guy down? Like, how does that work? Sure. Um, you know, it depends on the person you're fighting, right? If um, I've noticed so with me, people trying to fight on the outside, sometimes I feel like pressuring them, especially if it looks like they're starting to gas or get, get weak um but uh you know it's it's not the only way i fight i can try to you know exchange and play the outside game as well so it, it all depends um i'm not working especially heavy on clinch fighting by any means um just trying to work you know 
every, just everything. Got to got to be ready for everything in there. As far as um, like angles, you know, like I said when we were talking to Dennis, he was mentioning like most fighters that he, he saw here, kind of like straightforward, straight back. Um, yes. You work on stuff like that, like head movement, but also like you know, changing angles, stuff like that when you're when you're training. A little bit. I would say that my angles, um, you know, I'd say similar to what Denny's was saying was that uh, my angles are a little bit they're less refined than they could be I know uh angles within kickboxing are always a little bit different because you start circling one way you get your legs chopped out from under you whereas with boxing you can kind of like sit on one leg and pivot around like a basketball player um so it's a totally different set of uh, footwork and angles that you have to kind of consider when you're doing just boxing and um you know I'm working on it uh but I don't have quite the amount of uh, expertise in that department of my fighting as I do with, you know, the other stuff. So I'd like to do angles. That'd be great. Um, what about uh, gear? Like, you know, we were talking to Colton about like what gloves he was going to be wearing. Um, do you know what gloves you're going to be wearing? Does it matter to you? You like just slap a glove on and you'll punch anybody. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. Um, if you told me what kind of glove I was wearing, I, I, I wouldn't be aware. I wouldn't know the difference. Um, yeah, just put a glove on me. Hopefully it fits good and I'll go punch somebody with it. <laughs> right on, right on. Um, yeah, I guess like I don't have too much more. I mean, I it's a pleasure getting to know you. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on, um, you mentioned in the information that you gave to us that you were diabetic. So I got the juvenile diabetes. This is actually my, uh, I think... It might be pretty close to exactly my 20 year anniversary. So I got it uh, 20 years ago and I've just kind of been dealing with it ever since. Um, it makes everything a little bit more complicated, but uh, you know, I always, they always tell you when the, you know, when you're a kid and you get it, they always tell you to try to not let it, uh, you know, they'd always tell you to try to do whatever you want to do and not let it keep you from doing whatever you want to do. But it's, it's always, you know, easier said than done. But uh yeah, you know, it's, it hasn't been enough to make me get out of doing the sport. And uh, I like doing the sports. Uh, I like I like punching and hitting stuff. So, uh, yeah, just I know um, there was one time uh, I was able to uh, compete with my I got a constant glucose monitor thing that I mm -hmm. keep on, keeps track of my blood sugar. And uh, I was able to actually compete once with that on most promotions want you to take it off which is understandable, but I was able to keep it on once. And uh, some fans, uh, it was in Missouri. This fight happened in Missouri. And I had some, uh, some people on the parking lot so that they saw it. And uh, they started rooting for me once they saw it because they knew what it meant. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. That's a cool story. If people can draw inspiration or anything, that's great. I mean, just yeah, try not to, like what the doctors say when you're a kid, try not to let uh, diabetes keep you from doing anything you want to do just makes it a little bit tougher sure. yeah as far as like your you know what athletes in general um you could ask any of them about how their dieting goes you know um and boxers other than weights usually you can talk to them about it even more because uh, it gets into like their weight cuts you know and and how sure. comes into that um considering you're a heavyweight maybe it's um not as critical in you know making weight or anything but at the same time you're an athlete and it's got to affect you so um, you know, your diet. So how does that work? You know, um, cause I'm not fam that familiar with diabetes myself. So you could educate me here. Um, sure. you know, when, when you had diabetes prior to becoming an athlete, um, 
and then you became an athlete, did your dieting change at all? You know, I guess is the, the question, is it more refined, even, even more refined um, or no, <laughs> you know, in general, no. Um, so part of the reason I am a heavyweight is, is partly because I'm diabetic. Um, so when I first started fighting, you know, um, geez, what is that now? Seven years ago, I was actually a light heavyweight, you know, the 215 cruiser somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. just the, the weight class before heavyweight. Uh, but coaches said that, you know, with me being 26, when I started fighting, uh, seemed that they, they assumed that I was probably going to put on some more, uh, body mass, you know, going into my thirties. And, um, they said with the diabetes, especially it'd probably be best just, uh, to, to make that jump to heavyweight. And, uh, so I didn't partly so that I didn't have to worry about doing weight cuts while being diabetic because, um, I have had to cut weight and it's been kind of tough because, if, uh, you know, you got to keep your blood sugar in a certain level and if it goes too low, the only thing you can really do to raise it up is to, to eat stuff, you know, to get some sugar in you. So, you know, if you're trying to cut weight and all of a sudden you wake up in the middle of the night and you have to drink a jug of orange juice, it makes cutting a little bit difficult. Sure. Thanks. Um, but generally, I, I, I eat you know, if you, if you saw me eating at a restaurant or something, you wouldn't be able to tell I was diabetic. I eat like a normal person. I just have to try to balance things out with the right amount of insulin and, you know, correct my mistakes moving forward. Being like, you know, a couple hours later, I'll have to have more sugar or more insulin. Maybe sometimes it depends. Nobody's perfect. Well, awesome. Thank you for sharing your story about that. And, and in general, like I said, it's been a great pleasure, you know, uh, letting you come in, tell us your story so the fans can hear hear you know what what you're all about and they know who to root for i mean that's the biggest thing is we want to give the fans an insight of who's on this card you know and they can cheer for um because the last canterbury card i think we only got to interview a few of you guys and this time we're really trying to to get to all of you so that everyone can kind of know who's who's going to be on there i think we're only going to miss one for sure i've got i think i've got all of you okay so, well, if the interview doesn't win uh, fans over for me, hopefully my fighting does. <laughs> Sounds good. Hey, thanks, Tommy. <laughs> thanks, Tommy, for joining us. And uh, if there, if any of your fans out there are interested in getting a ticket, um, how do they go about that? Uh, can they contact you through social media or something? Sure. Um, just message me on Facebook. You know, I'm listed on as Tommy Matlin. I respond to messages about tickets for sure yep and i know you can also go on nitro tickets uh scroll down to ignite and then select the event and then you can find the fighters drop down and you can select thomas matlin and get a ticket that way also right on thank you for joining us again and uh we'll see you fight night all right sounds good thanks guys see you tommy